Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. It's your girl, Anna Roisman. It's spooky season. It's October. The air is fresh. I'm here with Ellen. What's up? Hey, Anna. I'm How loving, are you? I'm loving this fall weather. It's yeah? It's chilly. It smells nice, kind of. I mean, as nice as it gets in New York City. But yeah, it's great. Yeah. Also, I feel like we're our your sweatshirt is blue and white. For those who aren't on Patreon, you could watch this video. Your sweatshirt's like blue and white tie-dye and mine's blue. I feel like we kind of match. Our vibe is like on the same level right like now. Like a clear blue autumnal sky thing going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it rained for a couple days here in New York. It was like shitty out. I couldn't tie-dye sweatshirts. <laughs> the hustle on hold. <laughs> yeah, I was really upset over those two days. And it, I felt like it was kind of a preview of what's to come for winter oh god I was I was really bad too yeah I was like not okay with that but we'll get Monday I didn't leave my couch I got like emails done like I did some stuff that was productive but I did not change out of like my pajamas like until the evening when I was like I guess I should put on like clean pajamas like I didn't do shit I've been trying to be a morning person and getting up early to go on jogs before I have to focus on work. And I couldn't do that those two days. And I was really upset about it. Yeah. Wow. Can I ask uh, what time is early? Early for me is getting up at like 730. Okay. I set my alarm for eight. I haven't gotten out of bed till after nine, but like the alarm goes off at eight. There's a tr- there's an attempt. Yes, my alarm goes off at seven thirty, but I truthfully do not get up until eight at least. <laughs> um. Anyway, how's the job going? How's employment world? You know, treating you. It's so busy. Q four. Everybody listening. Q four. I know you're feeling it too. It's intense. Q4. (laughs) I love how you're speaking to like all you people out there with jobs. I wonder what the majority of our audience is. I would love for people to just tweet at me like job or no job. Like I should just tweet. Like do you have a job? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love to know because you know the people are listening and we love you for it. And I'm just curious like is this more therapeutic for you because you don't have a job or is this like you feel better about yourself because you're working every day and you're like oh yeah I'm curious about that too but Q4 has been pretty intense um every time you say Q4 I think of HQ and I like because I hosted last night I think time for Q4 (laughs) yeah Yeah. no it's um (laughs) you know it's just some business bullshit but yeah it's like you know it's just like a lot of business right now, a lot of work to be done. But Wow. Well, congratulations. I'm just happy to be, have a job and be getting paid, you know? That's nice. Yeah. Um, big news. I wanted to admit this on the pod. I just found out like maybe 25 minutes ago because I walked in from the outside. I went to the city to get an ice cream. <laughs> um, <laughs> that sentence. <laughs> you know, that's that's something beautiful that you could do when it's nice out and you have no job today. Um Jared got a job. Congrats, Jared. Oh, my God. Jared got a job. It's like music to my ear, to my unemployed ears. We have to celebrate. To my freelance ears. Um, Yeah, you know, a job is a job. I wouldn't say it's like a dream job, but I think he's very excited to be 
able to have work. That's what it's <laughs> all know? about, really. In 2020, that's exactly what it's all about. I know. It's like you kind of have to like standards are, you know, something of the past a little bit because it's like, hey, we're in a pandemic. Like, you know, unemployment insurance only runs for so long. Like God knows what's going to happen with, you know, the stimulus and everything. So it's like, you know, yeah. I'm really uh, this came at a good well, time. Jared's this really talented and whoever hires him <laughs> is like, you know, they're getting an all star <gasps> employee. Oh, Wow. Were you his reference? That sounds very referency. I'm a big Jared fan. I don't know. You know? He just told me though, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna say it on the pod. I gotta tell people people know, you know. Oh, poor Anna. Like she's unemployed most days. The day she's not like at HQ, she's probably unemployed, and like so is her boyfriend. That's hard. Right, but it's working from home, right? Working from home. He might have to go into their office. Well, he's like maybe once in a blue moon, but like no. Still, still see a lot of each other. Oh, we'll still be right there, you know, feet away from each other. I hope it never changes. I hope we get more square footage. Like, that's the goal is, like, I'd love a house or a bigger place, but, like, I never want us to leave. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> My monster. Good. I'll wake up in the morning and I'm like, I hope we never have to leave quarantine. I love being Honestly, here. Honestly, I feel the same way. My boyfriend has to go into work, like, three times a week, and I'm like... This is bullshit. I hate this. You need to stay home. <laughs> Literally, like an hour ago when I was walking the bridge to come back home, I called Jared. My phone's running out of juice. And yet I called him because I'm probably that codependent nowadays. And I like I ate my ice cream. He didn't pick up. I was like, what the fuck? I called again. I'm at like 11% and I call again. This is how crazy of a girlfriend I am, I guess. Now, you know, I don't blame. It's not me. It's quarantine. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why didn't you pick up before? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I was like, I, I, you know, I called you literally 20 minutes ago and you didn't answer. And now, and now I'm calling you again. And I spoke to him until I got to my building and got in the elevator. And then I hung up. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> intense, but. You guys are cute. And he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me about the job thing till I got. I was like, we were waiting in per to tell me in person. Well, because so yeah. was he getting that news while you were like, where are you? I have my ice cream on the bridge. Honestly, maybe, maybe. <laughs> He's like, why didn't you save me ice cream? I was like, it was dripping all over my fucking face and my hand and everywhere. Oh my god. So um, whole ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. Ellen, I'm trying to collect more stories. Guys, if you're listening out there, I want more of your job horror stories. I know a lot of you have them, have scary bosses, scary coworkers, whatever, uh, ghosts, I don't know, monsters who creep in the office at night. I want you to send us your scary job stories. It might make it to the pod. I've had some people ask if they could be on it. And you know what? If the story is that good, you could be on it. I'd love to hear your story told by you. So you just have to email at, uh, not at, you have to email unemployed, <laughs> I can't even say the email. So you just have to email the unemployed team at gmail.com. The unemployed team at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at me, send me a DM at unemployed podcast on Twitter. You know, find me wherever, send in those stories. We got great ones for the last episode. If you listened to it, hopefully, you know, if you, if you submitted one, hopefully your, yours made it. Uh, and if not, it's still good. That, that's something I want to do all month. I think that's really fun. Yeah, we're keeping track of every scary, spooky work story that's sent in. And there is a chance that 
we'll share those eventually. Yeah, and you know Ellen's organized because she's the employed one of the two of us. So oh, please. She said, "Keeping track, we're keeping track." Um, I'm so excited about our our guest today. Mm -hmm. I am so excited for our guest today. She is one of my best friends. She is my writing partner. We went to camp together, so you know she's good people. Also, professionally, she is the author of 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s. She is currently a host on Hollywire, which you can catch on YouTube or Samsung TV or Vizio TV. Very, very fancy. And she's a comedian, so she better fucking bring it and be funny. Uh, we've got Gabby Conti on. Hi. Hi. Oh, no pressure. Just be funny. Okay, got it. Okay. No pressure Love that at note. all. Love that note. <laughs> We're always funny together. We are. Remember? That is true. Remember? Yes, of course. <laughs> Ellen, we've been writing partners for like how long now? Oh, 11, 10 years? Almost 10. Yeah, I would say, yeah, well, maybe like a little, yeah, almost 10 years. A full almost decade. 10 years. That's full amazing. Decade. In different Mostly in different states. In, yeah, we've always been. Different. Actually, when we were in the same state, we were the least productive. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird? That sounds Very like weird. some real camp friend stuff. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. long you distance. We've like, been sending each other letters since we just were Just DM well. scripts, uh, G-chats, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, most of ours have been while we're at like shitty ass jobs and we're just G-chatting like our brilliant script ideas. Yeah, exactly. And, like, <laughs> How are you? Good. I mean, I think when in this time, it's like the best you can be. And I definitely feel like I am the best that I can be given the circumstances. <laughs> you look amazing. Oh my God, thank you. Look, you. <laughs> I look like shit right now. I think it's the natural um, Los Angeles light. I was going to say the natural Los Angeles hair. And then natural hair, <laughs> the natural eyelashes. Everything about me is 100% real. Yeah, for those of you who aren't on the Patreon, you can watch these videos. Gabby is a bombshell right now. Oh she goodness. looks so hot. Thank and you. you better go and watch this video. <laughs> yeah, seriously, you're selling it right now. You're selling those Patreons right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I thought I'd keep my clothes on, though. You know, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So I got dressed. So, yeah. Okay, that's good. You could have come on topless, and honestly, it probably would have really helped It would helped have helped the out. Patreon. Yeah, thank but you. But that's not OnlyFans. That's different, right? OnlyFans is different. Yeah, than you know, OnlyFans, I guess, is supposed to be sexy. I'm like, I've always done well if I like show my ass on Instagram. You're you know great what I mean? At that. I love that. Thank page. you. Yeah, such a talent, such a skill. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, it's been a brand for a long, long it's time. It's one now. of my favorite brands you have. <laughs> I have so, we have so many brands, so many brands together. So many identities. Yeah. So tell us real quick. You've been quarantining. In L.A., yes. you're with Darren, yes. your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. That's true. And you've been working. I've been working. Actually, I've been working through the pandemic, which is crazy, like having to go into a studio because for Hollywire, we we launched this entertainment news show. It's 24-7 entertainment news. So basically every uh, day I would go into the studio. Um, but there's only it was a small crew. There's only like there's only three of us. And so mm -hmm. we would take tests a lot and just like know that we were safe and also knew who we were quarantining with. And if anyone yeah. didn't feel like safe or, or if they felt like they were getting sick, they wouldn't come in. Um, so I've been I've been good with that. And then in addition to going in uh, three times a week for this show, which is now a live show that we do on YouTube uh, Monday through Wednesday, I've also had a book launch like in the middle of which is so different. And it was it was a weird time to launch a book. Um, I definitely and it's also a weird time to launch a book that I think is meant to be held meant to be flipped through, meant to be a book that you like find at an Urban Outfitters or at a bookstore in a time where like right. retail is like really scaling back what they have in their stores and people are yeah. going to stores much less. 
I know. Will you tell everyone listening the book? Give us the logline of the book. Sure. I mean, obviously, it, it says a lot in the title. Yeah. But, well, you know, the book. I want them to. The know. book's called Twenty Guys You Date in Your Twenties, and it's based on about the ten thousand hours worth of dates that I roughly went on in my twenties. Um, and each chapter uncovers a different type of guy, but it's not just a type of guy. It's also a relationship obstacle, a relationship trope, a relationship pattern. So it's not a burn book. It's not like don't date these men. It's more like these are the relationship types that you will find yourself in really with any age, gender or sex. I just happen to identify them in my 20s. And uh, mm. I have like a funny story about my experience dating this guy. Uh, I interview my ex or the person who the story is featured about. I interview a successful couple who overcame this obstacle and an expert. And there's charts and quizzes. It's very colorful, very, very fun. Um, and I loved writing it. It was, you know, guy who's long distance, guy who's your person, guy you always go back to, guy who... Te- yeah, it's so fun. So it's like all those kind of fun things. I love it. Yeah. It's so much fun. I love that my mom bought it too. You know, my mom... <laughs> supported Gabby. Yeah. Lee ordered the book and then she brought it on vacation. And, you know, this is no disrespect (laughs) at all to you, but you just explained it very well. And I think she thought it was like your romance novel. Well, yeah. She's like, no, (laughs) I was like, she's not a lot of stories. (laughs) She's she's not alone because I do think that people forget. Like, I mean, I think if you flip through it, you kind of get the idea. But people think it's like a memoir or a novel. I mean, there's when you when you write a book, there's this website, Goodreads, where people rate and they and the reviews are so mean because they are rating the book on something they expect it to be that it's clearly not. It's a lighthearted guidebook. I'm not it's not like the next Fifty Shades of Grey, although there is a chapter about (laughs) the guy with the fetish. But like, that's not what this book is. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Lee was probably, you know, she was trying to get deep into Fifty Shades of Grey, but yeah. she already got past that. And but she dem- loves you and supports you. Yeah, no, you. I appreciate it. And, the, and I think, and the demo, too, is people who I think are out there dating. I think that really is who this book is for. Um, and obviously, yeah. it's written from the perspective as a straight woman, but I've gotten feedback from people of different, you know, um, sexual orientations that they, they also identify with it as well. So, yeah. But you dated a lot and then you found love. And then I found love. But that was after I went on 30 dates in three days, which I wrote about and did a video for for Cosmopolitan. And um, and I think I had I got really good. at I got good at dating in my 20s. I thought I found my person at 29. That turned out to be very wrong. So then very, wrong. very, very wrong. So I went back in my 30s and kind of had to relearn how to date. And I Mm -hmm. was contributing to Cosmopolitan at the time. So I would get to write these stories that were kind of like dating experiments that I I was doing, which in the end, I think really got me good at dating, like helps me get over my fear of getting back out there. It's a sport. If you want to get good at basketball, you can't just fucking show up to the field. You got to practice. And and I think when I met Darren, (laughs) my boyfriend, it was it was after I had went all through this, after I went on the 30 dates in three days, after I had written a book about my past and kind of like learned my mistakes. He wasn't he wasn't one of the 30 dates. No, he wasn't. But um, we he came like very soon after the, the experiment was out there we met. And so it was kind of like, I think because I was so active on the app, like that's how I met him. I like think I met on Bumble. Um, and we went on three dates in three days after that. So does Bumble pay your rent yet? They should. I, you know, I've been trying to do partnerships with them and they, nothing, (laughs) they really should because I think Darren and I are like, the poster couple for like yeah every time you have sex just take a selfie take a after drink. and be like thanks bumble thanks, you know bumble. and then they'll be like wow we were really you know 
but people need to start posting is like Bumble babies. Bumble babies. You know what I mean? Well, they, I mean, they're happening. I mean, dating a lot of, I mean, now it's more common to meet your partner on a dating app or dating website than it was when yeah. our parents were dating. I did a podcast the other week and it was a dating one. And I mentioned I met Jared in person, like at a comedy theater. And they were both like, that can happen. Yeah. And I was like, it's so funny because like back then, like, yeah, that was like it, you know, not it. He, there were dating apps when we met, but yeah. I hadn't been on one. But you know me, I was like, ah, I guess I'll meet someone else. Well, no, now it's like you're it's less common to meet someone in person than it is to meet them on a dating app. Absolutely. Yeah. So you turned your 20s and your 30s into um, I would say dating was a job for you. It was a big yes, job. In it was your a life. big job. You, I mean, I feel like I have earned the title of dating expert, which is kind of like, ha-ha, absolutely. But, it, but yes, I and I and I love giving dating advice. and I love helping people through their relationships because I literally have been there and I've literally done that. So <laughs> I know I know. But I want to take it back to before Gabby was, you know, this guru dater uh I'm gonna call you a dating guru that's your brand um I want to take it back what was your I don't even know what was your first job was Camp Vega your first job we've had jobs together which is yeah we've had jobs together no Vega was not my first job no before LF um well even before so let's take it back to your first job well there's you know babysitting I feel like every kid once they turn like 13 or whatever and their parents like trust them you like babysit the neighbor's kid but they're not like babies they're just like kids like a little younger than you so I did I did that for a beat um and then I also you know my dad works in radio commercials so I think my first job was actually doing voiceover work for him when I was a kid so like stuff like that so I think my first jobs were more like acting gigs but like not big wow. Stuff. She was a voiceover artist as a child. Well, this is like and, some and then even even shit. before that, one of my other first jobs was I was an extra on Law and Order SVU. So that was like, and I was thirteen at the time. So yeah, there were definitely. I think I had acting. <laughs> you were now thirteen, that I never, living living the life of like a 50, 52 year old like actor in New York City who's like, I did Law and Order this week, and I got that voiceover gig for a you know a drug company. Yeah, no, I think now that I think back about it, extra work. I, I and then I worked on this other like pilot as an extra. Like extra work was actually the very first gig I ever did before I got like a job job. Because you and wanted to be on set, like I you wanted were just to like be an actress. So my like my goal, like you know, from age until I went to college, like my dream was to be like to win an Academy Award and like be this huge actress. And and then you know I fell in love with writing, and that's kind of been more the thing. And I love doing things with you where it's like writing and performing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I so I think that was my first job job. And then like, wait, can we just discuss our acting careers as children though for a second? Gabby and I were in the plays <laughs> together at camp, but those didn't pay uh, us sadly. <laughs> we weren't in the same bunk, so we weren't like best friends then. But we were in the plays at camp, and I was so jealous because she always got like the pretty ingenue lead girl, and they always put me in a fucking French braid <laughs> and made me wear a man's suit. And they were like, "You're the boy." We went to an all girls camp. They're like, "You're the boy." And, like every year, you know, you go check the cast list, and I'm like. Gabby Conti again, man, you know, with the voice lessons in Connecticut, she's getting these roles. That was it. The voice lessons. <laughs> I just remember you were like, I was like, oh, she's like an actor at home. And yeah. here I am coming to camp being like, I'm going to be on Broadway. You better give me a female role. Yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah, because that was that was my life. I was such a theater kid and took acting classes outside of like the school plays and like all that stuff. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I didn't get good roles in the school plays. It was only at camp that I ended up getting leads. Wow. And also, this, like, See, other I got better program. roles. I got better ones at home. Do you yeah. remember your good man, Charlie Brown? We, that was our last 
That was our last show together. Yeah. Yeah. And all I wanted to be was one of the girls. You were Lucy, right? I was Lucy. Yeah, I was Lucy. Yeah, of course you were. And they were like, (laughs) I wasn't even a boy. I was the dog. You were were sexy, but you like made it sexy. You were like sexy snappy. I remember you with your juicy uh, terry cloth white pants and your like tight white beater showing a little skin. I recently talked about this. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I don't need a costume department to make me into a dog. I got this. And I literally wore like a cropped Juicy Couture shirt and like cute capris and like my Saucony black like hip sneakers. And I was like, I'll just wear like a choker. And And I'm like, I'm a hot dog. (laughs) And you know what's so funny is that there was definitely a counselor who was now looking back not much older than you at the time who was assigned to design your costume was probably like this brat. I know because when I went back to camp, I worked in theater and one of the things I did a lot were costumes. So I would have like, like it's so annoyed with you. (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. I have a different vision for this character. And if I'm playing it, I'm going to wear this outfit. (laughs) Um, So bad. So bad. All right, no, so back to your jobs. But my first, I think my first job was working retail and it was before LF, there was another store. I'm from Westport, Connecticut. And uh, we have a, a street called Main Street because it's really the only Main Street in our small town. in every town, yeah. Um, and there was a store <laughs> called Odds and this was 2000. Oz? Odds, like, O-D-D-Z oh. as in zebra. I thought you said odds and Oz like wizard of. <laughs> no, but this is like actually a funny like first job experience. So, you know, I loved, I loved fashion. I loved clothes always. That's like something Anna and I have bonded over. Um, mm-hmm. And I got this job working at the store that I really liked shopping at. And it was just like, it was the weirdest store. There was a manager slash owner of the store who I guess looking back probably had to be in her 30s. Um, and okay. there was a CD player and the only music she would play was G-Love and Special Sauce. That was like always what was playing <laughs> in the store. And every time I hear that, I always think of it because it was like one or two CDs. Like we couldn't bring our own music. I don't even know what that is. I just well, Do I know these I songs? Don't know. If you heard this music, you would. But also kind of think it's like in the genre of like sublime, like that kind of stuff was like oh. basically the vibe of the store. And they had, they okay. carried like three people and like velvet, but it was like before free people was like high end. So the, the style was very like hippie, earthy, like grunge. I think, I think the owner was like a nineties grunge, like uh, fan, like that type of person. And yeah. um, I was 15 years old at the time. And um, they and sometimes would be me and another sales associate. And then they had me open and close the store at 15 years old, which was insane <laughs> to me looking back. They like trusted me to like count the money and the store was like right near a bar, like someone could have came in, you know, all of this stuff. Right. I thought that was like so crazy looking back that they like. You have like the me. keys to lock the up keys at night. to lock up at night. I have to like count the register or I'd have to go open it. And I, I think looking back, the woman who owned the store, like probably just didn't want to spend a lot of time at the store and was like happy, like paying, you know, teenagers from town, like $10 an hour to like, you know, deal with it. There was no like commission or anything like that. Um, and what's weird is like your your parents probably had to drive you to get there, yeah, right? Yeah, my parents had to drive me to work and pick me up. Um, I don't know if I was 15 or six. Maybe I was 16 at the time. I don't know. But I but I remember my, my boyfriend at the time would always come with his friend because his friend, his best friend worked at Ben and Jerry's up the street. And so they would like always wow. come and visit me. So it felt like a little less scary, like closing up when they were there. Um, but it was it was just such a bizarre experience. <laughs> 
You were so cool. You're so like, I'm cool. 15. I open and open close, close the store, and my store. boyfriend gets me free Ben and Jerry's, and we like chill at night. It's like, so wow, the best life. So yeah, that West was my best life. Kind of like you know, in a American Beauty, when um uh he oh my god when oh my god what is the, the he's canceled the lead oh. of American Beauty. Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. <laughs> he's so canceled. I, love I how forgot you remember his. Name. his- He's, he's canceled. canceled. Yeah, wow. He's, yeah. Like he was like the first one that we canceled. Um, no, but I think of American Beauty when like Kevin Spacey, like he like was like, oh, my best life, like the best time of my life is when I was working at this fast food restaurant as a teenager. Like I look back yeah. and I'm like, yeah, you know, I think the best time of my life was like working retail as a teenager when like I was less focused on making money because I didn't like understand what money was, and it was more about like mm-hmm. getting a discount on clothes and like putting the money back into the store. Like that yeah. was like living my best life. That was me because I worked at the I worked at a store in my hometown and everyone who came in, it was the only store that sold like bat mitzvah yes. dresses. And so I knew everyone and they were all like, I was like, I love this dress. And they're like, I'll get it. And they're like, you made a lot of commission. And I was like, great. I want three pairs of jeans. And I'd go home with like no money. And my mom would be like, you're never going to learn the value of a job. I, yeah, I, like, I really wish. Um, and I never I and one of the biggest regrets is I never worked. I worked in a restaurant one day and I always worked retail, like always working for LF, which was the company for like a decade, basically, any time I was between jobs. Um, but I, yeah. I wish that I had ever, I wish I worked at a restaurant because, you know, if, when you're trying to be an actor, writer, all that stuff, like the best gigs are restaurant gigs. And I, I didn't have the training. And in LA, it's like really cutthroat, you know? I couldn't go apply to yeah. like work at a bar because they'd be like, what, are you kidding me? You have no experience and your headshot's yeah. not that good? Get out of here. I know, but you saw me struggle through those restaurant yeah. years. You know, they weren't glamorous. No. They weren't nice. No, but they pay better. Uh, they pay better than retail, I think. And also, you're less likely to spend the money, give the money back to the the establishment. That so, is true. Yeah. Although I did work at a steakhouse that would not give me food, and I was so hungry at night when I was a maitre d' that I would buy. I'd get like a discount. Yeah. So I'd literally spend like $30 on like a fucking side and a Caesar salad. Oh. Like I'd buy the cheapest things on the menu still. So annoying. And I'd still spend so much money. Oh my goodness. I was like, I shouldn't have to buy Like I'd have to buy it at the bar. It was so dumb. So crazy. Um, yeah. So let's talk. Okay. So after this 15, you know, you're 15, 16, you're working at this store. Oh. Did you have another job at home before college? Yeah. Well, no? you know, another job, not to like give you my acting resume, but I, I can't remember if this was. I Here think we go. This, Broadway. No. I, yeah. Les Mis. No, this is actually before I worked retail. And I think why I went into retail over any other job was my very first job was a model. I was a model for Abercrombie Kids. Oh, duh. I know forget? this. I've seen that. How can we forget that photo? That's Gabby's best my throwback best Thursday photo. Thursday. But you know the funny story about that? And when I was on Nikki Glaser's podcast, I told her this. And she's like, oh, well, that doesn't count then. And I'm like, no, it, it still counts. Like, I shot with Bruce Weber. We did the photo shoot. But the picture never. Who's Bruce Weber? Is that, that the, he's the, the He shoots guitar. all of Abercrombie. He shoots all of uh, Ralph Lauren. Got like, it. everything. And I was selected right. out of like a ton of, of girls for this gig and they shot me. I have the pictures and everything, but the pictures never landed in stores. So I never was like on a bag oh. or anything, but like I still went through the whole experience and have like the pictures to prove it. Um, wow. Yeah. They should have put you at least on a bag. At least on a bag. <laughs> so I think that gig was before my first retail gig and why I worked retail because the only experience <gasps> I had when I was applying for retail jobs was I was an Abercrombie model once. So I did you put that on your resume? Yes, Were you like Abercrombie and Fitch model? To this day, that is still my mom's like proudest accomplishment of like everything I've done, which is insane to me. 
Oh yeah, our moms picked the, the most. The, my random. mom likes my porno. I wrote. Yes, yes. I've written oh, yes. so articles, books, you name it. I she, nope, nope. The, porno the porno is still her favorite. Loves it. Oh my god, I for, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. We glazed over that. You know that Abercrombie oh, okay. pitch. That's a huge no, moment I, in your life. I remember my resume to some extent. You keep. You keep it blown up, right? The oh, photo, wait, I have like, it in your bedroom. I can't figure out where to put it in our apartment because my parents like blew them up. And like, I think it was like yeah. my 16th birthday. They had the pictures everywhere and it was a surprise party. And that was so embarrassing. I think you should put it right next to Darren's side of the I bed. I think that's perfect. Just, like, can you can So you when he wakes up it? and like. Yes. Because <laughs> so, I've never seen it. I kind of, I'm like looking you up on Instagram right now. I'm yeah, not it's, it's definitely very deep my Instagram, but there's like four photos. There's one of me and I'm wearing, and I think this is why the picture didn't make it into stores because I, it was at the very start of when people were distressing clothes and selling them. So it was like <laughs> when vintage was like really big. And so the shirt I was wearing was a blue um, t-shirt and it was like off the shoulder, like cut up. And it said Abercrombie yeah, on sexy. it, but it also had like gems stuck to it. And I remember the wardrobe on set having like nail files and stuff and like literally like filing the jeans on us to like give it that vintage look. And I don't think <laughs> they were selling the clothes like that in the store yet. So a good possibility of why the picture is not in the store is because they, you know, they weren't selling those clothes. Yeah, it's not you. It's the clothes. The clothes. Yes. And then I was wearing a pair of like brown corduroy cutoff shorts with this like Who makes corduroy I don't know why corduroy shorts like blow my mind I like my boyfriend has a pair of I'm like when is it cold enough to wear corduroys but hot enough to wear shorts like take do yeah, not like wear one those. day of the year so crazy and then there was like a big thick fabric um uh belt and of course it sunk on my hips because it was the early 2000s and there were four shots. And I remember on the photo shoot, they were like asking us to dance a lot. So I'd like dance and like <laughs> they would take your picture. And I just looked like really pissed off in all the pictures, which is like what they were going for. And there's like one of me just kind of like smoldering at the camera in color. And then there's another one of me smoldering in the camera in black and white. And then there's They're one. Great. Maybe you'll send it to us for promo. Yeah, I'll send you it know, to you. For, we'll... And then there's also other models that I was posing with. Like there's me and a girl walking arm in arm. And then there's like a, kid younger than me holding a skateboard and looking at it and I'm like looking at the camera it's very I mean I'll send these to you it sounds really crazy. cool and groundbreaking thank you. thank you yeah like when else are you going to be an Abercrombie and Fitch model in your I don't life? know I don't know that was it that was know. my very short stint in modeling because my mother otherwise didn't support it because it wasn't she didn't like you know the healthy habit unhealthy habits that come with a modeling career and my skin was yeah. my skin was bad she I went to a go see once my mom told the person oh, you know my daughter doesn't normally break out like this <laughs> <laughs> they were probably like we can fix it in post yeah yeah no I don't think like there wasn't that was like before airbrushing really like was a thing as much as it is now you know yeah. Yeah. No one's even seeing my real face here. This is Zoom makeup. Oh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> of course I have a beauty filter on. I can't you can't see my real face on this. Well you look um, great. <laughs> thank you. All right, so back to the work world. Work okay, world. We're, so what was your next job after that retail job? Was it college? No, well it was LF. So LF was the store that right. I worked at. Oh so that was the big and that was so I had taken my retail experience and my modeling experience. And I think my first day at LF is they were having a fashion show in the store. And so they booked me as a model on that. And then I was like, oh, do you also, are you hiring? And they're like, yes. Now, if you're familiar with LF, LF used to basically just sell athlete athleisure. So it used to just be like sweatpants mm-hmm. and tie dye. So I was working then. And then I continued to work 
like through my entire. And they got career. the jeans in. They got the a jeans, ton of ripped jeans. The jeans were great. I love those jeans. I still wear my LF Same. jeans. They're, They're amazing. And while I was there, um, I had one of the biggest sales in the entire company. I was like the top seller. Really? This, this woman who clearly was going through something came into the store. <laughs> In Connecticut? in Connecticut, it was for like she clearly was going through something and she just kind of just grabbed everything and grabbed multiples of things like barely didn't try anything on. And I was a sales associate who greeted her. And I think it was like I want to say it was like a twenty four thousand dollar sale or something insane. Like there Holy were so shit. many units that we had to like mail it to her. It was crazy. And I mean, everything. in the- Well, it's an expensive yes, store. It's an expensive Literally, store. this white tank top there will be ninety three dollars right. or seventy nine dollars. But if you know LF, you know they have that sale then, twice a year and everything is, is closer fucking to what cheap. The, the retail should actually be for the items. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was that was insane. And then when I went to college in Boston, I and this is when I saw you, I think, for the first time in Boston, um, I was able to still continue to work at the LF store on Newberry Street, which was amazing. So I was doing yeah, that. Newberry Street is the main street, the main street of Boston. Of Boston. <laughs> um, and I was so lucky to work there. And Actually, an embarrassing story working there was that um, the store on Newberry Street, if you're familiar with Boston, it's at the end of Newberry Street. So the very top of Newberry Street, closer to the Boston Gardens, is like really posh and fancy. It's where your it's right where JP Licks yeah. was. But there's like the, the side that's like shop. nice, where it's like the Tiffany's, the Burberry, the Cartier, whatever, on like the upper yeah, side, that's... and then the lower side is like Trident, Urban Outfitters, LF, yeah. and then you're close to Fenway Park. And so our store would be empty anytime that there was a game going on. When the game got let out, people would walk down Newberry Street to either go to a bar or go on the tea, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was always like super drunk at this time, like walking down. And on a very slow day, my boss asked me to dance in the window to like get <gasps> people to come into the store because if they like saw like someone wearing, and I was like, I mean, in her mind, it was probably hoping that people would come in and want the outfit I was wearing. So I'm dancing in the window and I'll never forget it. My, you did it. Did you have music? There was music playing. And, and you know, I can't dance. I'm from Connecticut. I'm like, there is, I have no coordination at all. And I'm, I'm dancing in the window and all of a sudden I see a familiar face. Which is shocking for someone who got all the lead roles in the musical. No I'm rhythm. just going to no say rhythm. that. Sorry. You know I mean? Too left feet. It's so bad. Um, but as I'm dancing, I see a familiar face um, in the crowd and it's, my high school boyfriend who I have broken up with, who I'm like trying to prove that I'm like living my best life, like comes into the store, his friend, his like best friend sees me, notices me, comes into the store and is like, hi, Gabby. So um, is this what you're doing now? And it was like so <laughs> humiliating. I felt like he like I was working as a stripper and he like walked in and like it was just like, yeah. the worst. So that's so funny. Yeah. Wait, on the last episode of the podcast, I told a job horror story about the job the store I worked at in Kenmore Square, a jean oh, store yes. that I worked yeah, yeah, at. Yeah. Remember yes, that scary I remember that story? story? Which is such a funny, different experience of what happened to us when Fenway Park was busy and there was a home it, game. It was like, just that's crazy. So... It was it was mayhem. And then also we were next yeah. to Sansi, which was like a really popular bar restaurant, which still, is also I think still, still is, is there. It's like a, so yeah, so that and I, I worked one day as a host. That was my one restaurant experience. My best friend worked there and was like a legend there. And she brought me in as a host one night and I just couldn't, I was like, this is not like hosting on camera for the Emerson channel. Like not, not about this. 
<laughs> no, but that's where we reconnected. Yeah. So Gabby was working at LF and obviously I was an avid Newberry Street shopper. Uh, I would skip class and go to Newberry Street and get my nails done and like walk around. And I was like, I'm killing college right now. I am not going to class, but I'm a I'm a professional woman. And I know Boston. that nail salon, too. That was my nail salon right across from LF. Lauren's yeah. nails. Yeah, great spot. Yeah. Great spot. I went there like during the orientation and I was like, this will be my spot. They did a good job. And I like went for four years. Um but I found you in LF and we were, I think we had both, we were going to work at camp. Or so something I was that summer, a year like, behind you at camp. So I went, you had just came back from summer camp and I was about yeah. to go and you weren't going. So I worked my freshman year of college there and I, I'm guessing you did the same, right? Yeah, but I worked two years. Yeah. I did right after high school and then I did one more. So you did right after high school and then you did. We didn't work no, there together. You were, I guess you we were there your freshman, after the, the summer after yeah. your freshman year of college. And I went the summer after my freshman year of college and. Since we weren't freshmen at the same time, we were not there at the same time. Yeah. Working at camp, what did you, I mean, like, compared to going to camp, working at camp was so fun and crazy. It was so fun, but they were really tough because um, there were so many. So at our camp, the oldest age group was called Tamri. And there were so many Tamri girls that had come back. And so they were super strict with us because they thought we were there to, like, relive our last summer, which we were. So they... <laughs> But they also were like, just so you know, this is like not all fun and games. Like you can't wear your Tamri merch. You have to respect that there's like a new Tamri now. And we're like, yeah, we do. We're like, we're here to work and make money, but we're also here to like be at camp again. Like it was and just so weird. And up with male staff. And I got in trouble we're like, we're for here that. To... For what? <laughs> for uh, no, when I was a when I was a counselor, right? I was a counselor right. and I was like, I made out with this guy at the lake, but it was like after curfew or something like that. And I guess like, he got reprimanded. I got reprimanded for it, but he got like a strike or something for it. it and I was like, I felt very responsible. Like it was my fault for being like, oh, we can go oh, hang no. out at the lake. I guess someone saw us. It was like very scandalous. What age group did you have? I had sub super juniors, which was also the oh. summer I started. I was a sub super junior. So they're nine year olds. So they're like, they're still like playful and have this big imagination, but they like really wish they were like 20. Like their dream is to be a 20 year old. Yeah. So it's a lot. I had um, my first year, I had super juniors. Mm-hmm. So they're, yes, I guess, a year older. A year older. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh, they like need me to hang out with them at night. Like I, I'm here to, I have my own agenda. Yes. And I would, I had a Mormon co-counselor Same. and I was like, do you, you don't go to bars. So <laughs> So, you know, if you need to take a nap or whatever, I'll be here in the day. But at night, I'm going to go out every night. And I got in trouble because they said I went, the girls said I went out every night, which I did. And they told the group leader on me. And they were like, Anna's never in the bunk. And we wish she was in the bunk. And I was just like, I'm, uh, what? I'm always there. Yeah. I had the same thing. My counselors were both like Mormon and they never went out. And so I would always go out. And then I remember one night, they were like, I guess they were like mad at me. So like one night they're like, we're going out tonight. You stay here with the kids. And I was like, okay. But sub super juniors, they were, I would sing. I was the one who put the kids to bed every night. I would sing them lullabies. I would read them stories. I would like make sure they were all asleep. And then I would go out. I wouldn't just like go out, you know? Oh, I'd leave it like eight oh. o'clock. I'd be like, oh, um, I'm getting a call. I, I have to run. Uh, I left my laundry somewhere. I'd like fucking lie. I was the worst. And then the next year when I went back, I asked for older girls. I was like, I can only do this if I'm with girls who know how to like shower and like put themselves yeah. to bed. And like, you know, yeah. so I had super seniors. Oh, my goodness. Was that fun? And they were great. Yeah. 
That was so fun. I got so high that summer. I would like hotbox the council room because we had these rooms, Ellen, that were like, they weren't, how do we, they're like dorms, like attached to the yeah, bunk. Yeah, but they're, right? so, I mean, they're small. Like, I, I can't believe that three people lived in the space because they were smaller than a dorm room, I feel like. Tiny, yeah. yeah. Two bunk beds in like One a little pot, hallway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'd put up towels, and then we'd smoke a lot of weed. I liked my co-counselor. We'd smoke a lot of weed, and the girls were, and we'd spray like bug spray. And the girls were like, "What are you doing in there?" We're like, "Catching a mosquito." (laughs) (laughs) They're like, "It smells like it." We're like, "Yeah." (laughs) I was the worst. And then I'd come out of the bunk, and I'd be like, "I'll tell all of you guys who's hooking up with who. I'll bring you back pizza if you just don't tell that I'm leaving for the whole night." Oh my goodness! (laughs) And would you do that? Would you bring back pizza? Yeah. Yeah, and I'd be like, okay, guess who made out last night at the bar? And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> they, like, they, like, get off on that information. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was the only gossip. Like, they didn't, you know, they didn't have their phones. They don't care what, like, celebrities are doing. They they care what who's hooking up with who. It's crazy. That's so true. The counselors become the celebrities yeah, at so camp. it's so silly. And it's just like, and they do talent shows yeah. where they pretend to be you. And they're like, hi, I'm Gabby. And and they do I news. They do like Derek in the yeah. They do room. the news, like some news where they like they they like spill your tea, and it's like funny. Cause, but oh, because you know what happened is my summer. Um, our for our friend that you know that was in my I don't know if I, should we say names of people who went to you can doesn't okay. matter. Um, well, there's one to. one girl. She her biggest goal was to be friends with all of the like all of the girls, and so she told them she was the one who spilled who's hooking up with who, like everything. And, like, so they had, like, actual information because, like, her biggest goal was, like, be their best friend. It was so silly. Oh, my God. That's really funny. Anyway, that was a big job that we both shared that I forgot was even a job. They paid us, I think, like, if you calculate it, they, like, paid us, like, 25 cents an hour or something, like, ridiculous. And then you spend it all on your one day off. We go to Boston and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to get a lobster dinner and I'm going to go shopping and like, whoop, that's my summer pay. There you go. It's so bad. It's so bad. I guess you're working like like, all day though, right? You are because you're technically, I mean, even when you're going out, you're you're, you're being paid when you're sleeping. Like, and you're, you know, because God forbid anything happens, like you'd have to. And you get fed yeah. three meals yeah. a day and, and you, you get room and board. And yeah, how many housing. years did you both do that? I know girls who did it for like forever. Like they still. Just there. one, just yeah. one year for me, but I went to camp a total of, I think so six summers total. Cause I was there five summers as a, or no, six summers as a camper. And then one summer as a counselor. So seven summers total. And I was there eight years as a camper and two years as a counselor. So I got 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Insane. It's insane, but I still love to go back. We're gonna have to go back. We have a reunion that was supposed to happen this year. We're gonna go back. Can't wait next to go year. back. It'll be, it'll be fun. Gabby and I will be in a bunk oh together. Oh my god, at last. It's the best! Our dream come true. <laughs> we will. We'll make so many TikToks. It'll be so fucking fun. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, "How old are you guys?" And we're like, mm, "TikTok age." <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So you're working at LF, and you had that job ten years. They carried you Off through and on, college. Yeah. So I, and like- I, I, so I was working at the store in Westport, Connecticut, and then Boston, like basically any time I like all through college. And then when I would go home, if I was home for the summer, I would work at the LF in Westport again. And then when I moved out to LA, I worked at their store on Larch on Larchmont. And then I also worked at the store in Venice, like Santa Monica, Venice and then Santa Monica and then Robertson. And I think the last time I worked at LF was like, I want to say 2012. So it was like a good run. 
and then and then I find that was also a good company to like move you from place to place while you moved. Well, yeah, That's and cool. it was great. I mean, and and some of the I loved all the all the girls I met through there were so sweet. Like I think it was just like it was a really fun thing to do and to make extra money and to have cool clothes. It was fun. I really I really liked working yeah. there. I really did. Whenever I shopped there, I would like take photos of myself like in the dressing rooms and like send it to you. Oh, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Be, like, Do you like this? Should yes, I get this at the absolutely. sale? Yeah. Absolutely. Is this a good yeah. LF purchase? Always a good one. <laughs> I know. We'll still like I'll still have some clothing and I'll like put it on and think Aww. of you. And I'm like, Gabby, yeah, I'd appreciate I appreciate the fact I mean, that I'm wearing this I definitely outfit. feel like that was my brand. <laughs> it was. Yeah. It really yeah. was. All right. So when did you quit? like retail and then like well, what had, I guess what had you said happened is I was working um I was working uh at Comedy Central I was I worked in production for them so I was like a PA talent coordinator like that like an assistant executive assistant all that stuff and so I was working on a show and then on Monday through Friday and then weekends I'd work at LF and it was becoming too much and I was doing that because I couldn't afford my rent that I was living in my like landlord made me pay double security because my credit was bad or like some, some crap like that. So I, I, that's shady in LA. So you pay shady. A lot less than so shady. Yeah. So I was like, okay, fine. So I like made, I, I basically paid him the second security deposit in increments. And then like stuff with production was getting like too much. So I basically was like, yeah, I can't, I can't work seven days a week. Like it's just not possible. No. So I, so I, I, st- yeah. I ended up stopping there. And then that was like, I think I worked like one Thanksgiving and then like, that was it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was the production stuff. And then also, I mean, I was really into stand up, So, you know, doing shows every night and running my own shows. And then also I was blogging. I was blogging for um, Hello Giggles, which gave me my first, uh, my first published article. So it was all around that time. And, um, and then I finally, finally was able to just be like, okay, you know, I'm not going to work retail anymore, which was nice, yeah. but not great for my wardrobe. <laughs> no, I know. Cause you missed, you missed that, that discount. discount. You missed- yeah. Then you had to be like me and just go to the sale twice a year, it. and yeah. you know, I was just like you. get your get your what are those jeans? Carmar jeans. jeans. Get those Carmar <laughs> yeah. and first of a kind. <laughs> first of a kind, yes. Oh my god. Oh man. So you've had like you went on a huge run there. I remember I was still working as an executive assistant, and you were writing like freelance writing for all these different places. Yeah. So I've had which was very yeah. Cool. Well, I, my my career is like all over the place because of that. Like I feel like I've always had to have jobs for money, but then also like jobs that were for money, but were also kind of in what I wanted to do. So yeah, so I was working for, I got my first piece published with Hello Giggles and I was, I was contributing to them for a while. Um, I had written, my friend had started a satire website called The Daily Current that I contributed to, but we had to stop because I mean, now it's like fake news, but like we said, this is satire, (laughs) but like people thought that what we were writing was real. So we had to like stop doing that. Um, I had written, have they ever seen the onion? It was like, yeah, yeah I guess there's you know? only one, like you can only have one satire <laughs> right. website or maybe our satire, like wasn't obvious enough. I don't know. Um, so we stopped doing that. Um, and then I had worked for, um, I did like a couple of articles for thought catalog and then, uh, pop sugar was the job I had where, um, I was, I was, I had to stop contributing to hello giggles because I contributed to them. And then also, I was the only person there who like understood like how to make short form, like digital funny videos, because also at the same time I was in a sketch group called half day today and all of our sketches were online and we had a couple of viral hits from that. And we even won uh, the show viral video showdown on sci-fi. We like our viral sketch one. 
And yeah, so, I remember that. yeah, so it was like, as I was building those credits, I kind of like pivoted to the digital space with my writing. And, and so, so pop sugar hired me to basically be the one to help come up with these like funny, hopefully viral videos, uh, which I did, but that job ended up being like a crazy one because they just kept changing what my job title was because they didn't understand the internet. And, and this is no shade to like the company now, because I really do think that it was this male boss that I, two male bosses that I had at that place that were really just like the definition of a toxic male boss, toxic energy. And that's what I experienced. And then also it was like when BuzzFeed was coming out and like they wanted to make a video that was already on BuzzFeed. And I was like, this video already exists. Like, why are we doing it? And like, and the toxic male was like, what do you mean? We can't make videos that already exist. And I'm like, no, that's literally plagiarizing. Like, why would you do that? So many of those digital companies were shady. We're like so that. shady like that. And then, yeah, and it was the same thing. No, just like no regard, like. They, I remember like they, they kept changing what my job was, but they also relied on me so heavily because I think I was like the only writer really like in the office. So they would yeah. have me like punch up every video like that they had and they would probably be on call 24 seven for that. And then they threw this other job where they were like, oh, if you want, like you can come in at like 6 a.m. and we're going to have like a brainstorming thing. And I was like, OK. And it sounded like optional. And then we were in like a big meeting and this toxic male was like, and why the fuck is Gabby not in these meetings? She's supposed to be in them. And I was like, I didn't go to the meeting because I had to be on set for this other thing at like 7 a.m. So I just went to set. Like, that makes no sense. Like, why would I come to Culver City and then then go to the Valley? Like, what? Like, it was just so, it was so bad. It was so bad. In so many ways. Yeah. And it's crazy because I feel like we got all these cool gigs at these digital places. I feel like especially like our age group, like we kind of came up in this digital comedy world Mm -hmm. where it was like they underpaid, they, you know, we we did all these jobs for like overworked, underpaid. And it was because we were making our own shit that like looked better than than the the things that they were doing and they relied on us for it. And then they didn't, they didn't give us any credit or appreciation and it was just, and then they, they, they just throw you out. They're just like, you're, you know, it's yeah. There were so many of those instances. I mean, we also, I, I have to say, we were blessed after JFL. We sold our series yeah. to Elite Daily, um, well, which was yeah. very cool for us. We were young and, you know, selling and Well, very series. cool. And that was because, I mean, they, they basically, and I remember this too, like when they let me go, they made it seem like I messed up and like I was like this <laughs> huge failure who would never work again in this town, which I thought was so weird because I was like, I did exactly what you told me to. And you're letting me go for not doing a job that I wasn't hired for. Like, it was just so crazy to me. And also I was like, well, yeah, you know, we got into just for laughs. This is like a huge deal. And they were very dismissive about it. They're like, good luck with that. Like whatever. And then literally a couple of weeks, we went to just for laughs. We came back and a couple of weeks later, I booked the host producer and writer. And I ended up essentially creating it because I, wrote the first episode of the elite daily show, uh, yeah. which led to us selling our, our, um, our show to elite daily. So it was mm-hmm. just so funny to me that I was like, yeah, no, I, I do know what I'm doing. I've always known what I'm doing, but I feel bad yeah. for people now because they do like overuse and overwork talent and they, they treat us like we're disposable when we're not. Mm-hmm. And, and you might start to think that you're disposable because of the way your toxic boss treats you. And it, it's yeah. not true. No, it's totally not true. But I think you're like, you know, I've always looked to you, obviously, like I respect you and I look up to you and that's why I work with you. But like 
you know, we kind of figured it out. I feel like at a younger age that like you have to always be doing your own shit always no matter where you're working. Yeah. Yeah. Because like that stuff has always gotten us ahead. Even if it's shit we're not being paid for, but it's like something you put your heart into and like, you know, our little, our comedy videos or our scripts or whatever, like for one reason or another, it gets you to the next level. Right. And that's really the only way to get ahead in the business. I think a lot of people are like, how'd you get this thing? Or like, whatever. It's not like, you know, if you want to be a writer on a TV show, uh, you're not going to become a writer from being a PA or from being like even a writer's assistant. Like you're going to, it's going to come from your own work that you then have to factor into your schedule in addition to your full-time job. If you're lucky enough to have a full-time job. Yeah. But you're always so productive and I respect the hell out of you Thank for that. You. It's true. You you like go like stay up all night and you'll be like, Well, I gotta write this thing, even though I have work tomorrow yeah. that I don't wanna go to. But yeah, that was whatever. I mean, that was my twenties. That was definitely working in my twenties and, and even when and I was dating. and dating and, and I could dating at <laughs> that somehow, but but even with yeah, the Elite Daily show, I, I loved it. It was great, it was an amazing platform, it's an amazing opportunity. Um, it kind of ended up being not exactly what I signed up for, um, in some extent, but I, you know, I stuck it through. We did over 400 and over 400 episodes that I wrote and, and hosted and starred in or whatnot. But even doing that, I still was like, I don't want to do this forever. I still want to figure out what the next thing is. And that yeah. was around the time when I started hitting the pavement with my book, which i had always had this idea for, as well as like always having my side, like I still was shooting sketches, doing song parodies, even when I had my dream job, because I still was like, okay, this is my dream job now. Like, what's my dream job in five years? (laughs) Yeah. It's really funny because you were doing Elite Daily and then I booked HQ. Yeah. And we were both like shooting, writing, working on live shows, digital shows, like at the same time. Yeah, it's crazy. And I just, I felt like, you know, you and I, it's because we did our own shit. It's because we got up in front of a camera and we were like, I'm going to shoot this silly sketch or this web series or this music video. And like... I always say that, like, you know, waiting around and just, like, applying to jobs is not really, like, how you're going to get Well, that and also the job that you really want, like, your dream job is probably not on Craigslist, not on, like, you know, LinkedIn or whatever. They might be on Craigslist. But, you know, it's like, it's not, I don't know why, I don't know why why Craigslist was, like, the first thing that, like, it just shows you how long (laughs) it's been since I, like, looked for a job because I feel like jobs have always the opportunities have always come at the time that I'm prepared because I've always been doing Mm -hmm. so much, I think. I, I, I think so too. And yeah. fingers crossed, fingers you know, crossed the next it keeps happening. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. I really could use some, some new jobs right <laughs> now too. That would be fun. Um, but we do want to sell our TV shows. Yes. So, you know, yes. Ellen, if you're buying, if you're buying. Uh, we have a couple of shows <laughs> that we're looking to pitch. Um, we do. Gabby and I need to write. We haven't written together in a while. It is a pandemic. A it's, pandemic uh, and yeah. yeah, but we definitely need to, to work on some things for sure. I know. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, are there any other like crazy horror job stories that you want to say before we go? Because that is that is the theme of the month is well, scary, scary I think stories. The, the, the scariest and most awkward thing ever. And it, and my also this goes into dating. So this is some good dating advice for you guys. Never okay. date someone that you work with. No, that's a huge red that flag. That is a I huge red flag. So I was, I'm, I'm going to try to, I have to be careful with details. So I'm not going to say, I was working on some show and, um, and prior to getting the job on the show, I matched with this guy on a dating app and uh, we got to talking and he said that he was also going to be working on the show. And so I declined going on a date with him because I was like, I don't, because I knew, I knew better. I was like, don't right. date people that you could work with. That's just not yeah, going to be no. well, especially in production when the hours 
are literally insane and you're running on right fumes. you're at like it's like 5 a.m and like I, you're, you're like hooked up uh, the night before yeah like, it's how? just like it's snow and like you're and you're and you're working shows and you're on your feet and you have a walkie talking like all this stuff all this stuff um and so we end up working together and and i like you know and he is like in my face like constantly he's like flirting with me constantly and instead of realizing what this is and it's someone who is really has no boundaries and you know is erratic and i and is uh, so many red flags i was like oh my god it's fate it's like meant to be and <laughs> gabby's a hopeless romantic, hopeless romantic. Like, and i was like so like, into you look this beautiful and she's in like all black with her walkie-talkie sweating and yeah she's, like, i'm like he's oh my god he sees me for me like he likes me without makeup like all this yep. like bullshit so like so we date and and there's so there's I would think he's a serial killer. Well, this guy knows where I live. We, we, he knows he saw my address on the call. Sheet. Yeah, so we, we're <laughs> dating. He 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 asked me out on a date one day after work. Now now we're dating, and and it's it's now become he didn't have a car, so like I would have to drive him to work, and he didn't live close to me. It was like this whole it just got worse and worse and worse. But I kept staying in it because I felt trapped because we worked together. Right, and then you can't get you can't you get through it if you break up. You can't get through it. And then finally, thank God. To all of my friends were sick of hearing from me because every time I talked to them, it would be like some other thing I was making excuses for because I thought it was yeah. fate. It wasn't. Um, <laughs> finally, a new friend. I've talked you off the ledge. You talked me off the ledge. Yeah. Finally, a new friend. I was telling her about it and all the patterns of this toxic guy reminded her of her toxic boyfriend that she had gotten out of the way with. And she was so helpful in getting me out of that relationship. But then, I mean, this goes even more of a work horror story because when you break up with someone and they still have the same job as you, then I had to still see him. I had to like work yeah. with my ex every single day. And just like he tried to get into my face back then when he was trying to go on a date with me, he was like that too. He was like always in my space, always getting in the way. Um, and stressful. it was stressful. And, and he ended up getting let go because he wasn't just annoying me. He was annoying other people on set and it became like a big thing. Um, and, and it was like this whole thing where we all, I had to go, like, there was like legal got involved. It was like this whole, it was, this was before me too, where it's so funny to me mm. because if this was in a post me too world, he would have been fired, like no questions asked. And instead of like firing him, they like kind of put him on this, like he was like in trouble and they had to interview every single person in the company. And like the company had to like look through my G chats with him. It was just so embarrassing. It was what? like, that's Crazy. It was crazy because I mean, well, it's, it's in my book. It's the chapter of the guy who's toxic. And like the thing I'm not really saying is that the relationship had become abusive, both mentally and slightly physically. And so when they told me they were like letting him go, I was like freaking out because I was like, look, if he thinks that I'm the reason why he's getting let go, which which he which it wasn't the only reason he was, right. you know, toxic to everyone he worked it's with. It's easy for him to blame it's someone. Easy for him to like, blame me. I don't an and I don't yeah. feel safe. And so it was like once I said that, then it became the whole they had to like, I had to like prove that um, I was in a toxic relationship and he had to prove that like, he had to show his G chats. I'd show like basically any, any text messages. It was just I hate so embarrassing. I hate that so, you had to prove he was like mean to you. I had to prove like, he was mean to me. I had to prove that the relationship was, was toxic and, and abusive. Ugh. And it was just like reliving all of that all over again. Yeah. Um, so that definitely feels like a scary horror work story. That's and, Very scary. And I hope that companies don't do this again because I really feel like, you know, I hope in this like post Me Too world that people listen when someone says this is wrong yeah. and there's a zero tolerance for that kind of behavior. Yeah. No, don't work with people like don't date people you're working with. No. I feel like 
Unless it's you're the boss and it's your company and you have like family working for you, that's a different level. But like, and then it's even the same thing. It's like you know, working with your significant other. In, and I know you and you and Jared do this sometimes, but you still have your own stuff. You know, I think when mm -hmm. you, I've also been in relationships with guys when they want to be creative with me and they want to create with me and make things together. But then it ends mm -hmm. up becoming this like it comes like this toxic cycle because it's like, oh my god, I don't have where do I begin and you end like where can I be myself right. and work on my own things? So yeah. That's why it's nice that you and Darren, you know, you, you make have pasta no, together. We make, yeah. It's, make, I love you're that creative he's not, in the kitchen together. <laughs> I never want to hear notes from him ever. Like I just don't. Cause I'm like, you're not in my field. Like I just don't want to hear it. And, and that's how <gasps> we'll have it. That's my secret to a healthy relationship. Yeah. See, I'm, if Jared and I were, he'll take me for an audition and then he'll start directing me and then I'll be like, well, you actually, I, I don't need to take all of your notes. <laughs> I, I appreciate your notes. And then he takes it personally. And then it's all, yeah. You know, right. It, it's very we break up. Uh, yeah. It's tough. It's like, it's tough working with someone in like a corporate, whatever setting. And then also just like collaborating with your partner. It's very difficult. Yeah. But you guys make work. But we make it work. Yeah. Um, I'm so happy I had you on. You have so me. many good stories. Oh, good. Obviously. I hope so. And I feel like of all my friends, even though I know you've been unemployed, like at times. Oh, in many times. Lives. I filed for unemployment a ton because when you work production, they don't pay you when the show's not filming. Right. <laughs> it's just a natural. It's just like, did nothing. Know. And then you file for unemployment. Oh, we're, we're, on all, hiatus. we're all the execs go on. All the execs go on vacation and they're asking you where you're going. And you're like, nowhere. I literally I can't afford I can barely afford to put gas in yeah. my car. I'm, I'm applying for unemployment. unemployment. I'll probably, you know, eat Domino's. Yeah, that's yeah, where that's I'll be. It. <laughs> I love it. Um, where can where can people find you? Where can they buy the book? Where can sure. they follow you? Yeah, so my book, 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, is available wherever you buy books. It's also available wherever you listen to books. I narrate my audiobook, so you can get that anywhere. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at It's Gabby Conti, I-T-S-G-A-B-I-C-O-N-T-I. That's also my Twitter or my website, GabbyConti.com. Beautiful. Nailed that's it. great. And you know, if they liked your voice on this, they're going to listen to the They're going to love the audio kind of, book. Yeah, I hope hell so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she she does all the sex sounds too. All it's of it. Really it's wild. great. Yeah. <laughs> um cool. Well, you can find us, you know where to find us at unemployed podcast minus the vowels or unemployed with Anna on Instagram and go find the Patreon. Seriously, you know, holidays are coming up. We'd love for you to donate a little bit to the Patreon. It, it keeps us afloat, right? And uh listen to the other episodes. It's spooky season. So again, if you have any ho job horror stories, you can email them to theunemployedteam at gmail.com. And find me wherever. Let me know how you're doing. If you're unemployed, if you're employed, we love to hear it. And this is it. That was the other, that was the whole episode. I love you so much. Goodbye. I hated that ending. I hate how I end up. Always. We should keep that in. What's up, everyone? It's Anna, and I am here with a little post-game uh, episode. No, I'm just kidding. I'm here to tell you about our Patreon. We have an amazing Patreon. We're posting videos of all of our episodes every week, and everyone who donates to the Patreon is allowed to see those, and we would love for you to join in. But right now, I got to give a shout-out to our patrons who are donating money to us, who we appreciate and we love. Shout-out to Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, Chris Arneson, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, Vic T 
Terry and Jonathan Ediger. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and me and Ellen and everyone else who out there who's unemployed. We really appreciate it. And if you want to join, you can just go to patreon.com slash unemployed podcast and like you can just donate five dollars a month or something really small, you know, anything, anything helps. And we love it. And we are here for you. And we will keep putting these out until until we're all so successful that we have absolutely no time to make a podcast. Just kidding. But check out the Patreon. Thanks. Love you. Bye.